Well, good morning, and uh, it's, indeed, it's uh, it's good to be with you here this morning. Uh, I have been here before, but I, I forget how many years ago it was. But I I have enjoyed uh, being in your company and uh, fellowshipping uh, with you a number of years back, and uh, it's good to be able to to join you again and to uh, worship the Lord this morning. And uh, we're going to uh, do that by uh, singing uh, from Psalm uh, 100. Uh, uh, That's the first version of that psalm on page 362. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. So let's do that. Let's sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. let's come before God in in prayer together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the words of that psalm that we have just sung. Lord, we bow before your 
absolute greatness, your absolute majesty, and uh, we praise you for your brilliance. We want to um, we want to proclaim your your excellency. For everything about you is good, Lord. Everything about you is perfect. There is no darkness in you. God is light. God is love. God is spirit. God, you are perfect Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this beautiful morning. And we thank you for this opportunity to to gather together, uh, to seek your face, and to uh, praise you, and to worship you, and to receive from you, God. Thank you, Lord, that we can also receive from you. And Lord, help us, set us free in our spirits today to glorify your name. To, uh, as the psalm we were singing, to come into your presence, to, to enter your gates with praise, to uh, approach with joy your courts, to, to, to shout out, to, to, to glorify your name, God. Lord, let us worship and honour you. Lord, we, we, we praise you for your perfection. We recognise and and want to confess to you, Lord, that, uh, Lord, we do we sin. And um, we, we acknowledge that before you. And, um, uh, Heavenly Father, we don't want to, to hide that. Um, but, Lord, we want to bring all things to you. And we want to confess our sins before you this morning. Um, whatever they may be, God, we, we bring them to you. And thank you, Lord, that your word says that if we confess, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We thank you for the saving work of Jesus Christ. We thank you for his death on the cross. We thank you for his resurrection. We thank you that, Lord, you are present by your spirit here. And we thank you, Lord, that you are returning. Uh, And we look forward to that. But thank you today we can fellowship with you in the name of Jesus. And we pray that as we do these things, joy will fill our hearts. Uh, Hope will fill our hearts. Faith will be filled with faith and and, and love, Lord. And that above all things, God, you would be glorified. But Lord, we we pray that each one here, from the youngest to the oldest, will be ministered to. And we would know the joy of the Lord being our strength this day. So thank you, Father, that you are present by your Spirit. May all things be to your praise and glory, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a a little word with the the younger folk. um, I don't know, you're quite far away, but can you recognise what this is? Does anyone know what this is? You sometimes see them <laughs> down here like this. Um, any guesses? Ah, thank you very much. <laughs> Where do we go? We've <laughs> got one behind us. Uh, do you know what that is? It's the same as this thing on this picture here. Just a slightly different style. 
Any guesses? Okay. I know you know what it is, maybe, but you're shy to, to speak to this new fellow here. Um, it's a picture of the burning bush. Okay? If you didn't know that, well, you know what it is now. It's a picture of the burning bush. Do you know of a story in the Bible about a burning bush? Anyone come across a story in the, Bi- in the Bible about a burning bush? Put your hand up if you, if you have, if you heard. Yep. Okay, thank you. Yes, you've, uh, there's a story in the Bible about a burning bush. And uh, you remember Moses? Uh, Moses, whom God had called to, to, to lead his people out of Egypt. Well, um, Moses was out one day and he saw this bush that was burning. And that happened a lot in, in that climate, in that country, because it's very hot and uh, shrubs can dry, you know, get, go on fire because of the heat. But what was unusual about this bush burning was it kept burning. Normally the bush is just, you know, it's a small bush, burned, and then, you know, that was it. There was no more, nothing left to burn. But this bush kept burning and burning and burning and burning, remember. And so Moses goes over to, to look at it, to see what this is. And of course, if you know the story, um, God spoke to, to Moses from the burning bush. And... Um, he told Moses that he was to go to, to Egypt and he was to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. So they were enslaved at that time. And so, remember, Moses goes to Egypt and then you have the ten plagues. Do you know, I remember being in Kyle Free Church as a young boy um, somewhere between seven and nine, perhaps seven years old or nine, nine years old, sitting in, a, in, in an evening service and um, looking. Uh, oh, well, they've changed their church now as well, and Kyle, they've done some works. But on the, the below the pulpit was was this symbol of the burning the burning bush, and I remember sitting there. Uh, thinking about that story about what we've just talked about, Moses. And I remember thinking to myself, what would it be like to talk to God? What would it be like? Because I was remembering the story of Moses and God, you know, speaking at this burning bush. And, um, do you know, as I thought about that, I had the most wonderful experience of the presence of the Lord drawing very close to me as a young boy. And it was wonderful. I can't really put it in words, but it was a wonderful time as I thought about God speaking to God, like Moses was speaking to God. But you know, I grew up and I I left the church and then later God, Jesus came and, and, and saved me and he brought me back into uh, the church and into the, the worship of God's people. But you know, as I was thinking back then, what would it be like? I want to share something with you today. Because just because you're younger doesn't mean that Jesus is not interested in you. Because we might be tempted to think that, well, do you know, Jesus is he's interested in just the adults. 
And that church is all about the adults. But you know, that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus is interested in all of us, young and old. And there's never a time that it's, you're too young to come to Jesus. And there's never a time where you're too old to come to Jesus. And um, there's another story in the Bible where some of the disciples, well, before that, there were moms and dads were taking their children to see Jesus. And they were quite young. A lot of them were quite young. And the disciples saw this. And you know what they did? They, told, they gave the parents a row and said, stop that. Keep the children away from, from, from Jesus because, you know, they were thinking Jesus is too, you know, too busy or too important to be involved in little children. And when Jesus heard and saw what they were doing, he gave his disciples a row and said, don't do that. And he says, there's a, a, a well-known verse where he says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Have you heard that verse where Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is interested in, in everybody. He's interested in, in young people. And so church it's not just for the old or the middle aged or just for adults. It's for everyone who, who wants to come to the Lord can come to know God and can speak with God and know God through Jesus, God's Son. And so don't think this is not for you. Don't think that you're not important to Jesus. Don't think that you can't talk to him or that you can't know him because you're young. Whoever comes to Jesus, he welcomes young and old. There's another uh, verse as well that we can... Uh, it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. So, let's tell us in the days of our youth, we can, we can know the Lord as well. We can talk to him. We can fellowship with him. So I just want you to, to know that today, that whether you're young or whether you're, 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 you're an adult, doesn't matter what age, anyone can come to know God through believing in Jesus Christ. And like Moses talked to God, uh, like the disciples talked to God, like the Christians uh, talked to God, or any Christian who trusts in Jesus, we can all speak to the Lord. We can all pray to him and he hears us and he's interested in us and he wants to help us and to bless us. So maybe when you look up at this sign, from this symbol, the burning bush, you remember Moses spoke with God. I can come to God through Jesus as well. Okay. May, well, I pray the Lord will bless that to you this morning and bless your, your day as you go off to Sunday school um, we're going to sing again and uh, we're going to sing uh, Psalm number uh, 13 and uh, we're singing verses 1 to 6 this is on page 14 Psalm 13 on page 14
and singing verses 1 to 6. So it says, um, How long will you forget me, Lord? Will you forget always? How long, Lord, would you hide your face and turn from me your gaze? So let's sing this to God's praise. going to read the Word of God in the Old Testament and uh, the book of Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk chapter uh, 1. I don't know if your Bibles correspond to the page numbers here, but if they do, that's 1,461. No, they don't. Okay, well, forget that number. 949. Sorry? 949. 949. Thank you. Page 949, Habakkuk chapter uh, 1. Uh, 
Okay, this is the word of God. Let's read it. Uh, The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. And then we have Habakkuk's, the Lord's answer to Habakkuk. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you will not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth for themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. And then we have Habakkuk's second complaint. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You, who are of purer eyes than to see evil, and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors? And remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he. You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings them all up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet. So he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury, and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? Amen. May God bless that reading of his word uh, to us. Um, We're going to sing again, and then we'll come back to that passage that we read in, in Habakkuk. Uh, But this time uh, we're singing from Psalm uh, number 42, which is on page 262. So we'll sing uh, verses 1 to 5 of Psalm 42 on page 262. Like us the heart for water brooks and thirst doth pant and bray, so pants my longing soul, O God that come to thee I may. Let's sing this to God's praise.
Okay, so let's come back to uh, uh, Habakkuk uh, chapter uh, 1. And uh, God willing, I, I plan to um, uh, preach uh, both sermons today from this uh, chapter. And uh, this morning I, I want to look at uh, Habakkuk's complaint. And then uh, in the evening I, I want to look at the Lord's uh, answer to, um, to Habakkuk. Um, Habakkuk, it's, it's a wonderful little um, book uh, and it has you know, memorable quotes in it um, uh, like what we read here in, in, in chapter 1 verse 13 you who are of purer eyes to see evil uh, and cannot look uh, at wrong or uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse where it says the righteous shall live by his faith and probably the most memorable of all is in at the end of the, the, the book uh, Habakkuk chapter uh, 3 uh, verses 17 to 18 though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Perhaps that's probably the best known quote from uh, the, the book of uh, Habakkuk. However, perhaps the, the book is not so well known uh, for its message. It is uh, a wonderful little book. And it is full of blessings for those who, who, who read it and study it. Uh, the, the book opens up with the words, uh, uh, The Oracle of Habakkuk, uh, the prophet saw. Have you ever heard the word clinger? Clinger. Clinger. Um, it doesn't have a, a positive, um, doesn't have positive connotations when you hear that word. Um, and the idea is someone who just clings on, clinging on all the time, clinging on to somebody, holding on to somebody. Um, and that's what Habakkuk means, clinger, to, to cling on. Um, and throughout the book, uh, that is what Habakkuk does. He, he clings on to God in the positive sense of the word. He, he clings on to the Lord throughout the whole book. And he, he is a prophet that we know very little about, other than what's you know, told to us in, in the book itself. Um, he lived in Jerusalem uh, prior to the Babylonian invasion um, under Nebuchadnezzar in 586 uh, BC. And the book is interesting in that it is, it is not a, a direct prophecy to the nation or to nations. Uh, rather, it's a conversation between Habakkuk and God that has implications for the nations and the nation of Israel as well. And it's in this conversation that we see the prophet uh, Habakkuk struggling with the question of why God does not do anything when there's so much evil going on. 
And then God answers him. And he struggles with the answer that God gives to him. And then by the end of the book, uh, you, you find Habakkuk come into this place of quiet and confident trust in, in God regardless of whatever may happen. With that famous quote that he brings at the end of the book. So let's begin looking at the book and, and, uh, and, and listen to what the Lord has to say to us uh, through it. And I want to begin with Habakkuk's complaint. That's our first heading. Uh, Habakkuk's complaint. But before we get to his complaint, it says the oracle, oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Oracle is literally burden. And so we could say the burden that he saw. And so it's a burdensome message that Habakkuk saw. And the other thing to notice that it says uh, Habakkuk saw this. Um, that is, the word of God came to him uh, in visions. He saw things. Yes, he heard things, but God's voice, but God primarily in these, in these visions showed him things. And, and you, 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 you read of that in chapter 2, verse 2, and the Lord answered me, write the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. And that is a way that God communicated to the prophets. One of the ways uh, he verbally communicated it, but he also showed them uh, things. And Numbers chapter 12, uh, verse 6, you, know, you read there, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. So let's come to Habakkuk's complaint that he brings before the Lord. In verses uh, 2 to 4, he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. So Habakkuk is complaining to God about the state of his own people, his own nation. The people and the city of God he's complaining about. And his complaint is that there's violence in the land. Uh, the city of God has become a fearful place to live in. People are scared to go out because of the level of violence. And he's also complaining to God about the level of immorality among the people of God. And he asks God why he's not doing anything about it. And the third complaint is about injustice. The law is paralyzed, he says, and justice never goes forth. So there's extreme violence, there's immorality, and there's corruption among the people of God. 
And Habakkuk is saying, God, why are you doing nothing about it? Why are you not listening to my cries? How long will you um, continue to ignore me? Is Habakkuk's complaint. And the fact that he says how long tells us that he's been asking the Lord for a long time about this. He's been praying to the Lord for some considerable time about this. And yet violence continues, sin abounds, and corruption is still rife, he says to the Lord. And even though I'm asking you about these things, and I'm asking many, many, many times uh, about it, the law here, he says, the law spoken of here is the law of God, and he says it's paralyzed. It's disregarded. It's, it's abandoned. And so Habakkuk is expressing his frustration and his confusion. Why, God, are you letting this happen? Now, Habakkuk is not alone in that experience. Many before and many after have come to the Lord with the question, why? And at various times in life, we've asked similar questions. Why, God? Why? And and at times we have... Uh, been perplexed and frustrated and have wondered, why God? I just don't get it. And, and we struggled with the, at times we have struggled perhaps with the, the character of God and our present personal circumstances. Um, by that I mean That we know God is good, he's holy, he's perfect, he's just, he's loving, etc. And yet, our personal uh, circumstances we face may be bad and unholy. And and, and whether that's at a, a national level, whether that's at a congregational level, whether that's at the family level, or or whether that's on a personal level. And in the case here, Habakkuk couldn't match the violence, the immorality and injustice to the character of God. What he was seen here and the God that he worshipped, they don't match up. God is holy. God is good. So why is this going on amongst my people, says Habakkuk? Why are you not doing something about it? And so Habakkuk questions God. And I want to ask you this morning, is that right to do? Is that right to do? To question God? Look at the passage again. How long... O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. 
Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Is it right to speak to the Lord like this? Have you ever prayed along these lines yourself? Well, do you know this? Nowhere in the book do you find God rebuking Habakkuk for speaking like this. In fact, God actually gives him an answer. But not even in the answer do you detect a rebuke on Habakkuk. You also see this kind of questioning throughout the the Psalms, don't you? The Psalms are full of this kind of language. Psalm 10, verse 1. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 13, which we sung, verses 1 to 2. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Psalm 44, uh, 23 to 24. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? Psalm 74. O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Psalms are full of it. Job questioned God, the book of Job. He didn't understand why God was allowing him to suffer, and he questioned why God had let it happen. In the midst of his pain and his discouragement, uh, Job cried out in Job chapter 10, verses 1 to 2, I loathe my life. I will give free utterance to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let me know why you contend against me. God knew what he was suffering. And God understood his emotions. These are earnest, sincere, heart-searching questions which God does not rebuke or forbid. It is not wrong to question God. And the confidence I have for saying that, other than these passages that I've mentioned, is that Jesus himself questions God at the cross. He questions the Father at the, at the cross when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus was without sin. Jesus was without sin. Jesus is without sin. 
In anguish of soul, Jesus cried, Where are you, God? All the sense of love and the goodness of God was removed from Jesus as he bore the wrath of God for our sins on himself. My sins, your sins, sins of those of all who trust in Jesus, cause Jesus to experience utter forsakenness and cry out to his God, why have you left me? As he bore the punishment for those sins. It is not wrong to ask God the question, why? All through the Bible, people do it. And our Lord Jesus at the cross did it. But friends, it is, it's one thing to ask God why. But it's another to accuse him. You can ask God sincerely and, 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 and earnestly. You, you can say to God, why? I, I don't understand this, Lord. I, I know that you are, are, are good, but why is this happening? I don't understand, Lord. And we can come to him like that. An honest question that comes from a broken heart. It's not sin. But a bitter, untrusting, or rebellious heart is. But we can bring our questions to the Lord. He's not intimidated by them. He wants us to be straight with him. He will be straight with us. He wants you to be straight with him. God doesn't want us to, to pretend or to be dishonest when we come to him. And in any case, he knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're feeling. We, we, you know, our, our thoughts are a speech to him. He knows it anyway. I remember hearing a, a, a minister tell a story. Uh, he says it was a true story uh, about a lady in South Africa, and uh, she had been involved in a car crash, and she had suffered terrible injuries. And every day, she lived in constant pain. Every day. And and one night she was so fed up with it. And she was angry with God. And she said, why do you leave me in all this pain? And so she complained to God. Finally, she cursed God. And as she did that, she tripped over the bedroom rug. And the next thing she was aware was, uh, a bright light shining on her face. And she thought she was in heaven facing God. And the last thing she did was curse God. But then she realized that she was just on the floor. And it was the sun, the morning sun shining through her bedroom window on her face on, on, on the floor. And she'd been lying there all night. 
And when she realized this, she repented for what she said, for cursing God. And she thanked him that she was still alive. And after that, she got up. And for the first time in years, she felt no pain. God had totally healed her. Don't get me wrong. I am not advocating that we curse God. Not at all. That's wrong. That is sinful. But what I'm saying is, if we have a problem, if we have a complaint, take it to the Lord. Take it to him. Talk to him about it. Share it with him. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. Take it to him. She was honest with God and complained to him. Have you ever cried out to God? Cried out in, in, in desperation. Many of the prayers in the Bible you see like that. Have you wept tears before the Lord? Many have done so. Have you fallen on your face before the Lord in desperation? Or like this man Habakkuk who, who even reverently argued with God. I used to hear my late brother pray these kind of prayers with the Lord. Habakkuk was honest with God and laid his complaint before the Lord. And, and God answered him, and we'll, we'll look at that tonight. But the answer shocked him. He, he, he got an answer. Um, it wasn't the answer he was expecting or wanting, but he got an answer. But the answer he got from God brought him to this place in Habakkuk 3:17-18. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk had a complaint and he took it to the Lord and he clung on to God. He clung on to the Lord throughout all. Whatever you're going through, take it to the Lord. The answer he gives may shock you. It might not be what we were wanting. But it will leave you in a humble, confident, peaceful trust in the Lord. Habakkuk clung to God. And God embraced 
Habakkuk through it all. God, if you like, clings to us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God will hold you. God will come close to you as the word of God teaches us. Those who draw near to God and he will draw draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Go to God. Go to the Lord. Cling to him in faith. Bring your burdens to him. For there is hope for those who hold firm their faith in the Lord, who hold onto the Lord. And he holds onto those who are his. As Jesus taught us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray for the truth of your word that was read and and spoken will bless our hearts. And anything that was inaccurate or not according to the truth of your word that we just simply forget about. But I pray, Lord, that your word would help us, that you would come near to us as we seek to draw near to you, and that, Lord, we would continue to learn through every experience in life the goodness and faithfulness of God, and that to know that you're absolutely sovereign and you know what you're doing with the nations, with this nation, with, this, with our churches, with this church, with our families, with our lives, that we'd, absolute, we'd have absolute confidence and trust in your goodness and in your faithfulness. So bless your word to us in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We're going to uh, close by singing uh, The Lord's My Shepherd, uh, Psalm uh, 23, on page 229. So we will sing this uh, psalm to God's praise. The Lord is my shepherd.
Well, let's just close with the benediction. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and 